Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Look into the face of your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, Happy Good Friday. Why? Oh, tell another person, I wish you a happy Good Friday. I wish you a happy Good Friday. And then tell one more person, I said that I wish you a very happy, happy, happy Good Friday. Amen. Clap unto the Lord, everybody. And it's good to see all of you for this uh, Good Friday service. You know, Good Friday is a special event on the Christian calendar. And it is a day when we commemorate the crucifixion and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Of all the events that are associated with Jesus Christ, the only one that doesn't have any pagan rituals and cultures associated with it is Good Friday. If you take Christmas, it was related to a pagan worship or rites of the sun god. Now, the, it is believed that the Christians of that time wanted to make some, you know, arrangements to help to draw the pagans to Christ. So some concessions were made. If you take Easter, it is associated with rites that they used to perform for the goddess of fertility. So some people believe that again some concessions were made to reach out to the unbelievers at that time. You remember what Paul said, I am become all things to all men so that by any means possible I may save some. But as for Good Friday, 
there is no ambiguity about it. No confusion. No pagan rites or ceremonies. It is strictly about the crucifixion and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may ask that why was it called Good Friday? considering the terrible things that happened on that day perhaps we should have called it the black friday or called it the terrible friday but we call it the good friday because the events that took place on that day led to a total and resounding victory over Satan, over sin, and over death. Shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! And on that day, God was reconciled with mankind again. And so it is a good Friday. Tell your neighbor what a good Friday it was. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and lift up your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood
morning we want to say thank you we really don't know why you loved us we try to analyze it think about it but it's difficult to get the answers but this morning we can say that we are so glad that you did Thank you for leaving your mighty throne of glory to come down into our corrupted world to become one of us. And finally, you took our place on the cross, allowed yourself to be killed, to die a shameful death so that you could win many children unto the Father. We stand here today 
as part of the children of God. The chosen generation. The royal priesthood. The holy nation. The peculiar people. And we say that we are grateful. We are so grateful. We are so glad that you came to die for us. And this morning, we ask that you speak to us. I pray that you will anoint my lips to deliver the living word unto your people. Keep me away from speaking my own ideas. Let me deliver the unadulterated word of God. That word that is able to save our souls. That is able to transform us and bring hope and encouragement into our lives. I thank you for everyone listening and everyone watching. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. And this morning, I want to share with you a message I have titled, Seven Things We Must Always Remember Jesus For. Seven Things We Must Always Remember Jesus For. And our scripture text, the foundation of today's sermon, we are taking it from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Reading from verse 23 to verse 26. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 26. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And let us hear the word of the Lord. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, and drink this cup. You are announcing the Lord's death. Until he comes again. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. 
Seven things we must always remember Jesus for. To remember means to retain in memory. It means to keep in mind. To remember means to remain aware of. It means to recall to mind. And it also means to think again. And so when we talk about seven things we must always remember Jesus for. It means seven things we must retain in our memory. Keep in our minds. Remain aware of. To recall to mind. To think of again. Concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Before Jesus entered into his passion, he had supper with his disciples. They ate well. But after supper, after they had all eaten, Jesus did something very curious. He took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to the disciples, said everybody break a piece and eat it. And he said to them, do this in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he took a cup of wine. That one too he gave thanks for it. And he blessed it. Gave it to the disciples. And said, take drink. This cup is the new testament or covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So when he gave the bread, he said, eat it and do it often in remembrance of me. When he gave them the cup, he said, drink it often. And any time you drink, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. So one of the main reasons if not the main reason why the Holy Communion was instituted was so that we will always remember Jesus. But why did Jesus want the disciples and by extension all of us to remember him. Because he knows humans. He knows human 
nature that human beings we forget easily. We forget easily. Somebody said that whenever you do any good thing for somebody in fact I saw it on Facebook <laughs> he says anytime you do something good for anybody collect a receipt because a stamped receipt is so that one day if that person says to you you have never done anything for me. You have never done anything good for me. You can bring out the receipt and said, Behold, does this receipt not bear your name? Is it not your stamp on it? And you say that I have never done anything good for you. It sounds like Obi Manso <laughs> for somebody to say something like that. And there are some people who are very quarrelsome. But you see, so, there is a good reason for somebody to make such a statement. Because people forget easily. When God created us, he placed several abilities inside us. Two of these abilities are the ability to remember and the ability to forget. What is the first one? Ability to remember. And what is the second one? The ability to forget. These two abilities yes, sir. are also with God. Do you remember he says, your sins will I remember no more. Sir. So God can remember things. And God can also forget things. How many are glad that God can forget your sins? Uh-huh. Some people say that on the judgment day, they will play video. <laughs> Show a video clip of your entire life. Everything that you ever did to be played for everybody to see. How many would like all your video clips to be played? Somebody say, Dabi, 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 Dabi. Somebody say, Thank you, Father, that you can forget it. Are you glad that God can forget it? Beautiful. So he gave us those two abilities. Why? Because there are some things we are supposed to remember. And there are some things we are supposed to forget. When you are taught something in school. And you study. You are supposed to remember. There will be a big problem. If what you are supposed to remember. You forget it. How many have sat in an exam room before and you forgotten how to spell even there? <laughs> or it? Has it happened to anybody here before? 
and you know that this word there I have written it many times or the word what 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 so as you are writing WOT something is telling you in the inside of you that it cannot be but you can't remember that what is spelled W-H-A-T so it is a problem when you forget the things you are supposed to remember it is also a problem when you continue to remember the things that you are supposed to forget because there are things that you are supposed to forget you are supposed to be able to forget your pain forget your hurt forget your bad experience so that you can move on with your life and so ladies and gentlemen there are things to remember and there are things to forget and Jesus knows that there is something associated with us humans that many times we forget the things that we are supposed to remember. Do you know that a lot of the problems that God had with the people of Israel was because they forgot certain things? Throughout their journey, into the promised land. There were many instances that they forgot what God had already done for them. So they get to a place. They are thirsty. And there's no water. They start a rebellion. Say you Moses. Moses and that bearded guy called Aaron we know that you have brought us here to kill us we know that you have brought us here to kill us why have you brought us to a place where there is no one they forgot that when they were in Egypt there were so many miracles that God did in order to purchase their freedom. And that the same God who did the miracles was able to do another miracle. They forgot it. They forgot how God split the Red Sea into twain. Created a double carriageway through the seabed. Asphalt. Asphalt. To carry them from one end to the other end. And I like to imagine that as they were strolling along, there was an aquarium on their right. An aquarium on their left. A real life-size aquarium. There are some beautiful places in the world. You know, there are places where when you go, you can see the sea. They've been able to cut off a part of it. They've created retaining glass walls. And you can look in and see not tilapia. Not tilapia but whales and sharks 
and dolphins. And the dolphins. One day, may God give you the ability to go and see Amen. such places for your eye. You see, those of you who are not responding, do you see why good things never happen in your life? I said one day, Amen. May God give you the ability Amen. to travel to certain places Amen. and go and see for your eye. Tell your neighbor, Eseweni. What's the other statement? Which means what? You have to go and see it yourself for nobody to tell you. So you must see this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the people of Israel, they forgot all of those things. And here they were. Because of water. They started a rebellion. And it, this thing happened constantly throughout their journey. They forgot many of the things that God did for them. And I'm submitting to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it is human nature. There's a song that Manke Justice sang. Do you know Manke Justice? Or Michael Jackson? It's a song that he sang. Tell them that it's human nature. Tell them that it's human nature. And ladies and gentlemen, it is human nature to forget things that you are not supposed to forget. And Jesus Christ does not want us to forget him. That's why we have Good Friday. That is why the Holy Communion was instituted by him. So that we will not forget him. And there are seven things that we must always remember Jesus for. I'm going to run through them very quickly. Number one, we Indicate. must always remember his death. We must always remember his death. That he actually came to die Some for us. Pampa, we must never forget it. We must keep it in our minds. We must retain it in our memory. We must recall it in mind. That once upon a time. The creator of the universe took the form of the man that he had created. Came down to this earth. Lived amongst men. And finally was killed. He actually died. He didn't faint. He didn't fall into coma. He actually died. And he came to die for us. And it is one of the things that we must always remember. That is why for me, one of the shocking things is that on Good Friday or even on Easter Sunday, there are many Christians who don't go to church. I don't, I don't get it. Do you get it? That the celebration of the event that worked as our redemption and salvation worked it out for us. When that event is being commemorated, you don't show up for it. 
And you see, this thing is especially with charismatics. charismatic Or as some people prefer to call us the charismatics. Because most orthodox believers. There is no way. I said there is no way. Of course, there are some who won't go. But during Christmas, Easter, Easter, Good Friday, Good Friday, please, you will find them. Yeah. yeah. But charismatics have a reason why they can't come. And for me, it's one of the sad things. Because the the most important significant event that set you and I free from from Satan's chains and shackles. We cannot move from our houses where we live to come to the house of God to say thank you to Jesus and to join fellow believers to celebrate what Christ has done for us. You can't leave your home to go to church. But Jesus came all the way from heaven to come to the earth. Clap your hands for our Jesus. So the first thing we must always remember Jesus for is that we must always remember his death that he actually came to die for us. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 to 8. Romans 5 6 to 8. Romans Mesom no da ono na owi de jemenkwa ogba mambo kumno Yesu ayeme adeshe o. And team, my song, no da. Oh no, now we the jamming pa. Obama, no. Romans five six to eight. When we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love. Somebody say, but God showed his great love. Oh, say it like you're glad about it. But God showed his great love. For us, by sending Christ to die for us. While we were still sinners. Jesus came to die for us. 
He came to die for us. And we must always remember it. And we must especially remember that he came to die for us while we were still sinners. Not because we were good. He didn't come to die for us because we were worthy. He didn't come to die for us because we were upright. So the scripture is explaining here that it is not likely that somebody will like to die for a sinner or to die for a bad person. But the scripture is saying that maybe there may be somebody who would dare to die for a good person. But it goes on to say, but God. Everybody say, but God. Say it again, but God. The King James says, but God commended his love towards us. But God showed us his great love in that while we were yet sinners, what did Jesus Christ do? He died for us. And today, ladies and gentlemen, Christ is reminding us that we must never forget that Jesus came to die for us. It was not an ordinary death. It was not the kind of death where they say he went to sleep and he never woke up. Maybe that's the kind of death that all of us are praying for. That you went to sleep and you didn't wake up. You don't want the kind of death that your skin will catch you you don't want any death that to be very stressful very you know distressing like maybe you are involved in an accident and your neck is caught under the, the, a chair no, we don't, we don't want anything like that or, or maybe you, you, you went to Ashaman and somebody went to do something to the police. <laughs> so the police or the soldiers were angry and came to beat people. I heard that there's somebody who didn't recover from that thing and actually died. Yeah. Nobody wants that kind of death. You prefer that you go to sleep and then you wake up. That's not how Jesus died. He was tortured. He was whipped until his flesh fell apart. So much so that you wouldn't recognize him. That this was that handsome chap called Jesus. Because I dare say that Jesus must have been very handsome. If the Son of God is coming to the world, please. <laughs> please. Even though he was born in a manger. But at least nipa diane de has to be correct or perfect to shena bodje semi we shen me bano na no semi and ye itina ayese matok nibi baby crowa fine come 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 you see 
Six parts. Oh, Jesus, no, six parts. <laughs> Please. I cannot imagine anything less than six. No, no, no. Jesus did not have one pack. I have one pack. Jesus had six. The death he died was a shameful death. He was crucified naked. And when I say naked, I mean completely naked. The pictures of the crucifixion that you see, you you see that they tied some cloth around his waist. (laughs) That was not how it was. They crucified them stuck naked. The son of God. The creator of the universe. They killed him. And he actually died. And he came to die for us. And Jesus is saying to us today. Don't forget. Don't forget. That I actually came to die for you. Number two. We must always remember his great love for us. We must always remember his great love for us. John 15, 13. It says... There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. your doors from minti oba bewi bewi wa sendianese dj yeah and he did all of that because of his great love for us. And he's saying to us, ladies and gentlemen, we must always remember his great love for us. Tell your neighbor, remember the great love that Jesus has for you and I. So the, the, the Bible says, greater love has no man than this. That means that love, there are different types. There are different kinds. Different levels. Different dimensions. So sometimes somebody will say to you, to let you understand that the love that he has for you is not small love. He will say, I love you with all my heart, all my liver, all my kidneys, my lungs, intestines, both big and small. 
Why would he say that? Because he's trying to impress on you <laughs> that the love is very great. <laughs> the love that Jesus has for <laughs> us and the love that made him come to die for us <laughs> is the greatest love of all. <laughs> and is the greatest love of all time. <laughs> Nobody's love can come anywhere close <laughs> to that great love that Jesus demonstrated. <laughs> I know that your father loves you. Or I hope that your father loves you. I hope that your mother loves you. I hope that your husband loves you. I hope that your wife loves you. But none of these loves I've spoken about can compare, can come anywhere close as high as the heavens are separated from the earth. That is the gulf between the love that Jesus has for us and any other kind of love that we can talk about. And ladies and gentlemen, we must always remember the great love that Jesus has for us. Clap your hands for that great love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, we must always remember how he was under great pressure to abandon his mission. But he didn't. And he completed it. We must always remember how he was under great pressure to abandon his mission. But he didn't. And completed it. Why must we remember this? Because he could have decided not to go through with it. But he did. He went through with it. He completed his assignment. And it is something that we must never forget. Because if he had decided to abandon the plan that brought him to this earth, you and I would have been lost for all eternity. Matthew 26 verse 36 to 42. It won't be long. We will close. Matthew 26 36 to 42. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. John is Yohani. And James is Yakubu. So I am Yohani. The guy, it looks like he has some personal scores to settle with you. <laughs> Look, Pastor James, I should tell you, nobody should call him Yakubu Yakubu. from today. Don't shorten it and start calling him Pastor Yak. Yak. <laughs> Pastor Yak. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. That means that I am stressed. I am under pressure. 
I feel heavy about something that is about to happen. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Verse 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus went through a personal struggle whether to go through with the plan or to abandon it. It was a struggle. I said it was a struggle. So he negotiated with the father that puppy Charlie, the thing where you say make I come do. If I analyze them, where I see these foolish people where they come die for. I wonder why, why I for die. Where the death in nobody say I go sleep, then I go, I go wake up. That these guys they go catch me, beat me. Then the the, the one way I, I, I know they understand. They said they go open their mouth. The people with the no brush their teeth off. Then they go spit on my body. These people. It be me where I make them. And to think that they will come and maltreat me in this way. Let's consider the plan again. No, let's do something about it. Look. He could easily not have gone through with it. Yeah. But we must remember so see, say, that he went through. Oh, yeah. I said that he went through. For Musa, yeah. A few days ago, In I watched a clip, okay. a clip of some Ghanaian Jesus hmm. or hmm. African Jesus. I don't yeah. know whether it was Ghanaian, yeah. but a black man. I think there were some people who were enacting the crucifixion. So the guy was carrying the, the cross. And the people were whipping him. I think that someone, somebody's whip, no? He <laughs> go arm too much. So in the clip, he turned around. I was fighting with the guy. Jesus didn't do anything like that. <laughs> he didn't fight with anybody. Because I'm sure that when he tells you that, you play a cry. It was not so with Jesus. Everything they subjected to, <laughs> he went through with it. <laughs> he didn't decide that I won't do it again. <laughs> Look, he could have decided <laughs> when they were beating him. It's like when your father buys football for you <laughs> and you are playing with your friends <laughs> and your side is losing the game. <laughs> when you get bored. Oh. 
you cast in the ball. I'm playing. Is it not your ball? It's your ball. It is your ball. Nobody can stop you from it. Jesus Christ was under pressure to abandon the mission. But he stabilized himself. And he went through with it. Lift up your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not abandon the plan. Thank you that you went through with it. Oh, give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Number four, we must always remember how he gave up everything for us. What did he give up for us? Everything. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. You laid aside your majesty Gave up everything for me Suffered others of those you have created. You took away my guilt and shame when you died and rose again. Now today you reign in heaven and earth, exalted. I really want to worship you, my Lord. You have won my heart and I am yours. Forever and ever, I will love you. You're the only one who died for me. Gave your life to set me free. So I lift my voice to you in adoration. He laid aside his majesty and gave up everything for us. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 8. The Bible says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He gave up everything. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. It says you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. Are you understanding the scriptures that you read? He gave up everything for us. Gave up his divine privileges. Left his glory. Left his power. Left his position. And in this last scripture, the Bible 
Bible is saying that he became poor for us. Jesus did not live a wealthy life. An affluent life. He never drove a car. He never owned a house. He didn't wear designer clothes. He did not use designer perfume. None of the above. He was born in a manger. He was not laid in a normal baby's court. He was not born in the teaching hospital of Jerusalem. He was born in the stables of Atai. When he was born, there were no cries of other babies. There was not a chorus of baby Christ. As you will hear in a place where babies are born. There was nothing like that. When he was born, there was moon. There was man. There was meow. There was there was <laughs> the last one is for what horses is that not so? That was where he was born. That was the sound, the orchestra that played for him on the day that he was born. He was not born in a rich man's house. He was born in a carpenter's house. That was where he was born. And he grew up as an ordinary carpenter. Making chairs and tables. Hallelujah. Amen. When my son was little, I asked him, what would you like to do in future? What would you like to be? He paused. And he said, I want to be a carpenter. I was born bored with him. That is that the only ambition that you have for this? But I was consoled when I analyzed it closely that my Lord and Savior was a carpenter. Hallelujah! Amen. Look at him standing there. He has a beard. I don't have one. Me Put your hands together for my puma. Jesus was poor. So that you and I can be rich. That's why you have to believe God. To prosper. Otherwise you have wasted Jesus' poverty. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the reason why he was poor was so that you and I will be rich. And even if you are not rich, at least prosper. Be able to eat nice things. Live in a nice place. Drive a nice car. Wear nice clothes. By the grace of God. Because of the poverty of Jesus. You will enjoy these things in your life. Shall I receive it? I receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. Number five, we must always remember his sacrifice. We must always remember his sacrifice. Ephesians 5 verse 2. 
It says, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. He offered himself as a dying, as a sacrifice for us. He offered himself as a sacrifice. We must remember his sacrifice that he sacrificed himself for us. Number six, we must always remember his sufferings. His sufferings. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He really suffered. Hebrews 2 verse 10. God for whom and through whom everything was made chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering through his suffering Jesus did not come to have fun. What he went through for us was not child's play. It was suffering. He really suffered. His body was ripped apart. He had sores all over. He was so weak that at a point he couldn't carry his own cross. Somebody else had to come and help him. And it was suffering. At a point, it was so so bad that he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All the sins of the world were heaped upon him. He carried the weight of our sins. And it was not an easy load to carry. Can you imagine that you've been nailed to a cross? A big nail driven through one hand and then the other and then your feet put together and another huge nail driven through it into the wood. And so you are hanging on a tree suspended by your hands and your feet by the nails that had been driven to them. Ladies and gentlemen, the suffering must have been excruciating. Let's remember Let's remember. And let's stop complaining when we have to do something for God. You have to take trotro. Trotro. Oh, we don't call it trotro again. It's called trotro, yes, sir. Trotro. You take trotsky. I have to brothelize it. Okay. You have to take trotsky. Maybe two or three trotskies to come to church here. My daughter at the back. Ah, no, no, you didn't take Trotsky today. You came with the Brahmi. Okay. But if you were coming by yourself, how many Trotskys would you have picked? Two. Three. It's like small church that you are coming to. Small church that you are coming to. You have to pick from here to here. And then from here to here. And then from here to here. It's not easy. But if Jesus 
went through all that suffering for you and I. Then there's no price that we pay in the service of Jesus for the kingdom of God. That is too great a price to pay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus wants us to remember how he suffered for us. Hallelujah. And the last one, we must always remember that Jesus is alive forevermore. I said Jesus is alive forevermore. I said Jesus is alive forevermore. He is alive. He is alive forevermore. Luke 24 verse 1 to 7. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the man asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Lift up your hand and say, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is alive. Amen. Say it again, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He said he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews 7.25 Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And the next line he lives forever. I said he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. The good news I have for you today something that you must always remember is that your Jesus is alive and that he lives forevermore and is alive as we speak and that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He is at the right hand side of the Father speaking on your behalf interceding on your behalf making pleas to the Father on your behalf Jesus is alive hallelujah that's why I like the song that says because he lives I can face tomorrow because Christ lives oh yes all fear is gone and now I know yes I know he holds the future oh and life is worth the living just because he lived oh when to me no where the assamans so in conim de hit on the air. Oh, when to me know, oh, when to me know, where the assamans so in conim de hit on the air. Yamawa mo, yes, we 
Stand to your feet. Listen to me. Never ever forget that Jesus is alive. Always remember that because he is alive, there is hope for you. And there is hope for me. Because he's alive, what you haven't yet seen, by the grace of God, you will see it. What you haven't yet experienced, by the grace of God, you will experience it. What you haven't yet touched, what you haven't yet held, by the grace of God, you will touch it and you will hold it. What you are yet to enjoy in your life, you will enjoy it. Because he lives, you will have good experiences in your life. It may look bad today. You may be struggling today. But I want you to understand that because your Jesus is alive, it is not over. I said it is not over. I saw a story. I closed with this. Somebody was walking somewhere and he saw children playing football and the match looked very tough and he stopped to watch them and he turned to a little boy who was also watching the match and he asked him what are the scores? And he said, 3 0. He said, Against who? The boy said, Against my team. And he was smiling as he said it. And the man said, him, Ah, if they've scored you three, why, why are you smiling? And the guy said, Why shouldn't I smile? He said, Yes, they've scored us three. But the referee hasn't yet blown his whistle. The match is not over. He said the match is not over. And truly, truly, his team turned the tables and won the match. 5-4. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The match of your life is not over. And because Jesus is alive, be encouraged somebody that even if things look bad for you, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep hope alive. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on serving God. I'm going to keep on singing in the choir. I'm going to keep on serving in the house of God. I'm going to keep a smile on my face. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to say it's not worth serving the Lord. I'm going to keep pressing on. Because he's alive. 
And because he's alive, and I have life, I know that he can change my destiny and turn the story of my life round within a flash and in a twinkling of an eye. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As we close today's Good Friday service, God bless you. And I want to give somebody here an opportunity to do the most important thing that you've ever done in your life. What is that thing? To give your heart to Jesus and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. To tell him that Jesus on this Good Friday, Good Friday, as we remember your crucifixion and death on the cross, I am taking a decision to give you my heart and to give you my life. I open my heart to you, Jesus. Please come into my heart. Live inside me. Be my Lord and Savior. If you want to do this, I'll be happy to pray with you. You may be watching me. Maybe you stumbled upon this live streaming by accident. But something has held you glued to it. It is the Lord. And it is for a time such as this. Wherever you are, you want to give your heart to Jesus. The one we must always remember. We must remember his death. We must remember his love. We must remember his sacrifice. We must remember his suffering. We must remember that he didn't quit. We must remember that he's alive. This Jesus is waiting for you to give your heart to him. If you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. I see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. God bless you. He gave his life for you. The only appropriate response is to give your life to him. God bless you. If your hands are lifted, please pray this prayer with me. And all those watching and all those physically present, it will do no harm to pray this prayer as well. Let us pray together. Pray after me. Say, Heavenly Father, today, I come to you just as I am. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to die for me. On this Good Friday, I come to you and I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I receive you as my Lord, my Savior, my Master, my King. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying for me, for paying the price for my sins. Today, I can be free and I can enjoy eternal life and eternity with you. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen.
And if you pray this prayer, when we close, please come to my right hand side. Don't go without seeing us for a minute or two. Because there's something important that we need to tell you. For those online, or maybe you're watching the broadcast much later, but you took a step of faith and prayed this prayer, please call the numbers, any of the numbers on your screen. Somebody will attend to you and show you what you have to do. Welcome to the family of God. Give Jesus a hand clap, everybody. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's prepare our hearts to receive Holy Communion and then we close. Oh, are you glad you came for this service? Are you glad you did? What are the seven things we must always remember Jesus for? What is the first thing? We must always remember his death. Hallelujah. What's the second thing we must always remember? His great love for us. In it, his great love for us. Number three, we must always remember how he was under great pressure to abandon his mission, but he didn't and completed it. Number four, we must always remember how he gave up everything for us. Number five, we must always remember his sacrifice. Number six, we must always remember his sufferings, number seven. We must always remember that he's alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We bless the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we read part of it today. And in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Then it goes on to say, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Why should you examine yourself? To make sure that you are thinking correctly. And you are valuing and appreciating what you are about to eat and drink. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, that is, remind yourself that the bread and the wine represent the body of Christ. You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. What does the Bible say? That there are some people because they ate the communion and drank the wine and they did not do it properly. They did not do it in faith. They did not do it honoring the body of Christ. The Bible says that some of these people they became weak. They became sick. And they died. Which means that when you eat the bread and you drink the wine representing the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. When you eat them, 
in faith. When you eat them, remembering what they represent. When you eat them, honoring the Lord, then you can have strength. Then you can have healing. And you can have life. Those who ate it on wedding, they became weak. They fell sick. And they died. Today, as we eat the communion, as we eat the bread, as we drink the wine, we want to do it in faith. We want to do it giving honor to the Lord. We want to do, we want to eat remembering and reminding ourselves of what Jesus did for us. As we do so, I want to believe God with you that where you lack strength, you will receive strength. Where you are weak, you will be strengthened. Every area of your life where things are not going well, as you take in the communion and you do so in great faith, there will be a change in that area of your life. If you are sick, I want you to have faith that as you take in the communion with great faith, the healing power of Jesus will be transmitted through your body and you receive strength and health and healing. What do you stand to lose if you believe it? You don't lose anything. I dare you to believe Jesus this afternoon that as you take in the communion if you are sick in any part of your body a great miracle will occur in your body. May the Lord do it unto you Amen. according to your faith. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift up our bread. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for sending us Jesus. Thank you that his body was broken for us. Thank you for this bread. We declare it blessed, consecrated, set apart for a noble use. As we eat this bread, we remember Jesus. We remember his death. We remember his love. We remember how he did not give in to the pressure to quit. We remember that he gave up everything for us. We remember his sacrifices. We remember that he's alive forevermore. And as we eat this bread today, I pray for strength. I pray for healing. I pray for life for your people. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Go ahead and eat it. And for those of you online, it's not too late to quickly grab some bread and to grab some drink. It doesn't matter if it's Fanta. It's not about the percentage of alcohol in it. It's about your faith. Because it's representing the body and the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, 
Father, for the wine, and thank you for what it represents. It represents the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed more than 2,000 years ago. Which shedding we are commemorating today. Thank you that it is blood that has never lost its power from the day it was shed. Thank you that for more than 2,000 years, this blood has flowed, washing our sins away bringing life and healing to your people. Thank you that it reaches to the highest mountain. Thank you that it can flow through the lowest valley. Thank you that there's no corner in this world that the blood cannot reach. Oh, the blood of Jesus and what it represents to us. As we drink this wine representing the blood, we drink strength, we drink health, we drink life. In Jesus' mighty name. The blood of Christ, say with me. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Let's go ahead and drink it. Begin to thank the Lord right now, wherever you are. Thank him. Thank him for all that he is to us. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Oh, oh, and it flows to the lowest valley. Valley, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never sing that again. It will never sing it like you mean it. It will never sing it with all the faith you can master. Sing it never. It will never lose. It will never. 
this season let us experience the power that is available in the blood of Jesus for it was during the season that the blood was spilled and that it flowed it flowed on the roads as he carried his cross up the hill up to Golgotha it flowed from his hands. It flowed from the wounds all over his body. It flowed from his side which was pierced. Let that blood. Let that blood. Let that blood dispel of its power. And let that power find us today in the name of Jesus. Let the power in the blood of Jesus reach you. Let the victory through the blood of Jesus find you. Let the peace and the joy and the blessings and the prosperity guaranteed by the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. Let all of them find you and locate you in the name of Jesus. Be blessed mightily in Jesus name. Let everybody say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap unto him. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.